Every contract is by design is made for failure, not for success. So when you sign a contract, if you're signing a paper, make sure that uh, it's, if you're signing is because you have to be worried on everything that can be going, go wrong, not go right. Because if it's, everything's going right, why are you signing everything, right? So it's, it's done. Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SaaStock, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. What's up, everyone? Alex here from SaaStock. I am thrilled to say that the countdown has officially begun for the return of our annual SaaStock Festival extravaganza in Dublin this October. Spoiler alert, we're coming back bigger, better, and bolder than you've ever seen us. It's gonna be so much fun, one hell of a good time. 16th to the 18th of October. We're expecting to see over 6,000 attendees at SaaStock 2023 this year. Made up of VCs, fellow founders, CMOs, CROs, CFOs, and more. So if you're looking to raise, you're looking to connect with other founders, find a new hire, and of course, avoid some fatal FOMO that you'll see online. Use code SASREV, S-A-A-S-R-E-V, for 10% off your SAS.pass. I'll see you in Dublin this October. Okay, welcome to the SAS Revolution Show. I'm your host, Alex Humer. Uh, CEO founder of SASDOC, delighted to be joined today by Fred Hohagen, who is the CEO and founder of Maplink. Welcome, Fred. Thanks, Alex. It's uh, great to be here. W- where are you calling in from uh, today, Fred? I'm, I'm in Madrid today, uh, but I'm uh, originally from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Okay, very cool. Are, are you living between the two cities at the moment? No. I, well, at the moment, my, my home is Madrid, uh, but I, of course, I'm going like uh, every uh, three months to Brazil uh, to be in contact with the, with the company, with the, the rest of the company, the team. But we are like a very remote company. We have things spread all over Latin America, and I'm sure we're going to get into more into the details of this uh, later. I haven't been to Brazil uh, since COVID or like since, uh, before COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I actually don't know how many times I've been to Brazil, but I, and maybe I can't remember if I mentioned to you, I lived in Brazil for one year um, uh, after I uh, finished my studies and I didn't want to get into work. So I thought, why don't, go, okay. why don't I go and You're live in Brazil? Yeah, kind of, yeah. And it, 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 it was very much fun. So a lot of affinity for uh, Brazil, great country. Um, a lot of great SaaS companies coming out of Brazil uh, now uh, as a lot well. A great companies. Yeah, yeah. SaaS is a very busy, very, very busy SaaS uh, ecosystem uh, back in Brazil, yeah. Cool, Fred. So I, we always like to kind of start out and we ask uh, our guests, who, who are they as a person? So we'll, we'll, we won't break the trend there. Uh, who is Fred Hohagen? So I'm, I'm uh, 40, 45 years old, uh, uh, Brazilian. I'm, uh, I've, I've always been uh, living in Brazil. And, I, and last year, last, last summer, I decided to make some uh, something new uh, and try to see this uh, remote, if this remote work was uh, really working. And I decided to move to, to Madrid. But I, I'm a, I have a, a degree in, in advertising and marketing. Uh, never worked for any advertising agency. Never worked with advert uh, with a market. Of course, marketing I use a lot of on MapLink. But I'm uh, I'm uh, so I'm from São Paulo, uh, born and raised. Like uh, always, uh, uh, very connected with the with the region with Brazil. And uh, and I'm working with MapLink since uh, I'm 22. So basically, my whole professional life was 
uh, involved in, in mapping. So I was uh, even uh, before I finished the, 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 my degree, I finished the, the university. I was already involved with uh, with map linking. That's uh, that's how my my life developed. So it's funny because I was uh, talking with someone yesterday, and uh, she was uh, the person was saying like, uh, so it's it's crazy like uh, how you are like, uh, passionate for your your uh, what you do, your job is different. This is my life, right? So I don't today I'm more into map linking than other, any other thing. So basically, so I, I'm this uh, I'm very passionate with sports. So I'm uh, used to be used to play squash. Until I hurt my back, then uh, from squash I migrate to beach tennis, which is huge in Brazil, but nobody's playing in Spain. And now I'm uh, a mediocre player of paddle, so I'm uh, trying to get uh, along with people here in Spain playing paddle, which is the national sport. Very, very, very cool. Um, and so, 23 years uh, at Maplink, and you, you know, it's quite unusual. But as you say, this is kind of your life, uh, you know, your li- life's work. Well, what, what I see at the moment a lot is. Uh, uh, CEOs generally and founding CEOs, uh, you know, when you get to the ten-year mark, they kind of—I don't, I don't know—they move into this kind of chair role, and you, you know, uh, uh, that's, that's, something happens where they don't have that same sort of drive and like motivation, or kind of the, want to do something new. But for you to be twenty-three years, you, you know, is, uh, is is pretty incredible. We could probably do a whole different podcast uh, just on that. But but tell us a little bit about uh, the founding story of, of MapLink, and you know, twenty-three years ago, and like why this came about. So of course, when MapLink was uh, was uh, the idea of MapLink was uh, to be at the time the MapQuest for Latin America, right? So MapQuest was uh, what is uh, Google Maps today for the rest of the world in terms of uh, map system, like uh, you type in an address and finding addresses and route calculation. So the idea was to build the MapQuest for for Latin America, and then we bought, we built MapLink. Uh, we it, it was the year two thousand, like uh, right up on the the bubble burst, like uh, the internet bubble burst uh, was a. Uh, uh, Terrible timing for launching a company, especially uh, the idea in the beginning was to uh, be an advertised-based company. So the idea was to gain audience, sell advertising banners. That was the common uh, the common thing on the on the inter- to monetize internet in the beginning, right? But we we of course uh, we we very shortly understood that uh, that uh, would be a that wouldn't give us a long uh, a long way of uh, to survive. And then we, we shift and we pivot, like a, we never call it pivot, but uh, we decide to, instead of trying to sell ads uh, in, on our website, why don't we sell the service to other companies? And that's what MapLink is doing since uh, 2001. So we provide geolocation and now a lot of logistics technology for uh, other companies. So, so it's a 100% B2B business. Uh, and 95% of the time, the, the other B is way bigger than us. So we are talking about large, uh, very large industry, very large companies in, in big industries. Like uh, it's a, but it's a, it's a very interesting uh, moment to be. Uh, well, not just now, but in the past uh, like five to seven years, it's a very interesting moment, a place to be involved in geolocation because today, like uh, almost everything that you do can uh, have geolocation involved. So it's uh, when in the beginning we are like a very niche, like a very specific segment that could use geolocation. And now you're seeing like that this being used for you name it. Uh, you can have a, like a, an example or a use case for for geolocation. What data can you share behind the company? Obviously, we we, we know uh, that it's been running for uh, a long time. But you, how many uh, how many people work in the business? You, you know what what sort of revenue? Uh, you know what what are some of the things you could share? 
We are eight people, eight zero people company. Uh, we have offices in Sao Paulo, uh, Santiago, Buenos Aires, and also Mexico City. Uh, I would say that for, uh, 50 percent of our, our team are based in Brazil, and the other 50 is spread uh, in, the, in those other countries. Maplinks is targeting uh, around 30 million US dollars in terms of, of revenue for this year. Of course, these numbers can change because of the FX rate. So as we still have a lot of our revenues coming from Brazil, it can vary. And uh, we are a profitable company. Like uh, we're going to talk more about this, but uh, we, we are independent company, no external investors. Uh, and we are like uh, always running, operating the business at the minimum of 25% EBITDA margin. And we're still growing uh, between 25 and 30% year over year uh, since uh, the past uh, uh, a lot of years. Like uh, this is, uh, we, we never uh, like uh, repeat a, a, a revenue in, in our history and uh, we always grow in the business. Of course, we had times that we grew more and less, but uh, in the past uh, uh, three, four years, we, we continue to grow at least 30% year over year. Amazing. So 30 million revenue, uh, 80 people. That's pretty good revenue per employee. Especially in, in South America that the costs are lower than here in Europe. Yeah, yeah ex exactly. So uh, great job. And um, uh, and like you mentioned that you you, you did range, uh, you were bootstrapped, you raised venture capital, you bought out the investors. We're going to get into that uh, in a little bit. Um, can you just share outside of that, uh, you know, maybe some of the uh, like the biggest lessons that you've learned, obviously o over a 23 year period, it's a long period and you, there's probably been many, but some of the lessons learned in scaling the business to 30, uh, 30 million uh, that, that you can think of. Sure, of course. So uh, we had like a, a very uh, important moment in the company when, uh, which was when we 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 uh, we we got the investment from our uh, uh, professional investor, right? So in the before that, we had uh, some investors coming in, but it was more like people in, in, in entering the company. So one thing, very important thing to say is like uh, I don't know like uh, the, the demographic of your your audience exactly, but. Uh, Look, building a company back in 2000 is completely different than building a company nowadays, right? Or even like, a, I know that it's a very tough moment in the market, in the investment market right now, but uh, even though like uh, building a company in 2000 was exactly the same as uh, me or you or our parents open a, a, pop, a, a mom and pop shop, right? So you could, you, you, you can like borrow some money from the bank and you can like be like a, uh, uh, trying to get your money back for the first six months, but uh, eventually in the seventh month you, or sometimes you have to be making money very soon, very short, right? Because otherwise there's no funding, nothing like this. So we, we, in we always had this mentality of uh, we are like uh, we are operating breaking even after nine months of the company, and since then we never operated in a loss. Uh, besides when we had the investors uh, in and they asked us to burn money to burn the cash. Right, so this is this is super important. So for us, uh, like uh, the pivotal moment in terms of growth was first of all bringing an investor that uh, allowed us to don't worry so much you know, with the with the with the in, the in terms of cash flow and everything else. So they allow us to burn some cash for for certain things. And the second thing is was the international expansion, right? So today, MapLink is uh, fifty percent Brazil, but the the other fifty percent is uh, uh, about our business outside of Brazil. So. This international expansion give us like uh, some uh, 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 help us not just in, in terms of revenue, but also protect us from uh, 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 national Brazilian environment, economical environment. So of course that we are not in a super stable region, which is Latin America. There's 
problems uh, 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 right uh, uh, all the, uh, everywhere. But you're not only we don't have only one depending on only one country, one one economy, right? So this is a, was another very important thing for us to like it to gain uh, and to grow uh, faster in terms of uh, the revenue. And one other another thing that I could uh, mention that is uh, for, especially for a company like ours. So the, the, it, it maybe is like sounds like a, a, not that important, but a, the account management, right? So being a company that is that is in 23 years in the market, we have customers that are with with us for 15, 17 years. Imagine that we are invoicing companies for monthly in a monthly basis for 17 years. So the the, the, the this uh, this account management for us, like uh, being in contact with being close to our existing customer base. It's uh, one of the most important things. So we grow much more in our uh, existing customer base than bringing new customers. That, not that we don't do it, but uh, it's very, very important for us to keep those the, 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 our existing customers happy, helping them to grow their business. Because, they, of course, these companies, they, compl- they change completely in these 17 years. But, of course, uh, uh, we are, like, all the time with them and finding opportunities to grow our revenue and inside of this company. So this is, I could summarize like uh, in this, uh, those three things that's, uh, that were the most important for us and it's still being very important. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, I appreciate that there'll be many, many lessons, but uh, distilling it down to, to, to those uh, key ones, uh, 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 that's great. And so l- let's talk a little bit about why and how you bought out your, your investors, right? So, so how long did you bootstrap for before you raised VC? So we were like an independent, like kind of independent company for 14 years, right? So the first time that we had like a professional investor, like I said before, like we had this uh, like uh, uh, people that was interested in investing, like uh, uh, helping us, like, uh, but uh, nothing like uh, nothing professional, right? So the the first time that we had a professional investor, like uh, uh, it was uh, in 2014, uh, which uh, when uh, Mowgli came in, Mowgli is uh, one of a most uh, active they were one of the most active uh, investors in brazil they are not they, are, they were not just a investment house they were like uh, players they have a they are they were operational with uh, their own business and they in 2013 the 2014 they decided to diversify their business and then they start to invest in companies and MapLink was one of the, the investor the investments that they made right so and i, and I have to tell you that uh, from uh, like uh, the first three years like uh, from 2000 by 15, 16, 17 uh, was like, uh, was fantastic. So Mapalink wouldn't be where we are today without uh, allowing uh, or bringing an investor in because again, they allow us to do things that you cannot do as when you're bootstrapping, right? So we, we would never go and expand the business to the rest of Latin without having an investor to back in us, right? So it's a, it's a risk, uh, it's a high risk to do it with your own money or even with the money of the company. Was that the reason then? So like after 14 years, you, you know, why take this money? Was it like, we need to expand and, you know, this is the... I could tell you that, uh, that in a beautiful way that uh, well, we decided, no, no, we tried many, many times to bring investors in. And I was, first, uh, the, mar- the, the market was not ready for investments like this. Then the market was looking for uh, 100% of the investments or 95% of the investments were towards to B2C. And then, uh, like uh, when we are like uh, trying to explain the business, uh, was uh, too complicated, too complicated. Or of course, we, we were we we were like a B two B company with uh, this uh, uh, long process selling process. So it was not something that it could scale in the speed, the pace that they want. So I could tell you that uh, no, for fourteen years we are not interested. But I don't know, we tried. 
So uh, from like, especially from 2011 until 2013, we were very active at trying to find uh, an investor. We brought like a professional CEO to the company, like, but uh, we never found the perfect fit until Movri came in and, and uh, we had this uh, amazing ride for, uh, for the first three years. And, but then we decided that uh, Maplink should, uh, Maplink was not anymore like a, a good fit for their portfolio. And uh, we managed to, to find a, a way to, to make a, go forward with the management buyout that we can get in more details. I, I'm completely free of any, uh, all, any NDAs. I can share with you whatever I want in the, at this moment about that. Okay, good. So, and, and we'll, we'll jump into that. But, so the, but the, the 15 million that you took and the three great years that you had with that, uh, did you spend it all and how did it transform the business? Like what were the, the benefits and, uh, of it? And then maybe some downsides. Yeah, so just uh, for, for example, like uh, when when the, they joined us, like uh, we were like a company that were generating like I don't know, we were all like uh, five million US dollars in, in terms of revenue, right? And uh, when the when uh, we when we, when we left uh, 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 the, the investors, like uh, we were like already in the twenty million in, in revenues, right? So it, like uh, of course they helped us to. And why we we jumped in, in terms of revenue was like. Uh, because they allow us to make go internationally, they allow us to uh, which, which is a super super important thing. Right. So as we, when we were like bootstrapping, like uh, we were taking projects that uh, there was not exactly the best projects for the company, right? So they were taking a lot of time from the team for customizing projects. And so we were like a, more like a, in terms of uh, uh, for some clients, we were a software house uh, dedicated to geolocation solutions, right? So we were. Customizing, like we, then we are maintaining. We're like like making adjustments all the time, and uh, and we are doing this uh, because of we needed the money, right? And when the when the investor the model came in, like uh, they allow us to choose what would be the best uh, uh, portfolio for Maplink in terms of uh, uh, product, and that that was uh, uh, was crucial because what happened uh, we had to call customers and say, look, we are not renovating the con the, the contract for the next year. And uh, and uh, that's uh, that we have like a, you have like a five months or six months to find a new solution, and we can uh, refer to some companies, but we are not keeping it. And uh, we are not talking about like a, a small contracts. So of course, when you like a customize and you have like this uh, very uh, 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 connected or tight projects, uh, you are charging a, a good amount of money. But they are keeping us from uh, evolving uh, in all the products uh, or other projects that we felt that were important. So this is one of one of the good things that we we had with them that uh, allow us to to uh, uh, choose the products or the product portfolio that we would invest in and, and keep going. Right. Three years down the line, as you said, like you decided that you decided that you were no longer a good fit for for them. Well, so we start to feel we start to feel like that we are not uh, like a, so they invested, they they made a huge investment and that was they made a good investment that became a huge company which is today is iFood in Brazil which is the by far but by far the largest food delivery company in, in Latin America like they dominate the market they do a, an amazing job like they're a fantastic company and of course for Mobley like uh, it was like a, if I was sitting on their in their uh, chairs I would also probably take the same uh, uh, do the same like, like uh, for every dollar that I had to put on MapLink it would became like a three or four but uh, for all the, every dollar that I'm putting on iFood would be 15 or 20 so it was like a very difficult uh, way, uh, 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 way for us to work to keep you working with them and the other thing is like uh, uh, we started to feel that uh, they didn't understand our job properly 
right? So this is another thing that for me, like today, when I'm talking to entrepreneurs or, or talking to people like that, don't let the, the investor do the due diligence on your company. Do yourself the due diligence on your investor, right? So if you have the chance, of course, if you have uh, many options, try to understand uh, the other side, if they're going to be able to understand your business. Because, uh, Alex, to be honest, like I think until the, the last year of uh, us inside of Mobley, I, I had meetings explaining what MapLink was about or what we are doing. So, of course, when you when you when the, the CFO of the company that invested in your company that was uh, involved in the whole process is still not understanding what you do, like that, that's not a good sign, and that's probably like a, it's not going to be easy to get money from these guys if you need it, right? So, and then uh, that's uh, when we decide that uh, uh, together with them to say that we should uh, find a way uh, to to separate ourselves was not an easy thing to do because uh, uh, at this moment, Mobley never uh, had uh, an exit or a, a divest. So they, they, their, their, their uh, uh, strategy is to invest from the long, long term. So it was not, not easy to find a way uh, to get in a common sense in terms of like, uh, guys, this is going to be good for you and it's going to be good for us and let's, uh, let's move on. But eventually we found a, a way to do it. Uh, we sold actually what what happened is like uh, uh, we sold one uh, technology that we developed internally that was very connected with uh, what iFood was doing. So it was an order management system uh, uh, for especially for short uh, for fast delivery. So anything that it could that need to be delivering between fifteen minutes and four hours. We developed this platform that I could like organize, connect with the fleet, available fleet, and then uh, dispatch. And of course, was a good fit for iFood. And then we managed to understand, like, okay, guys, so we can go to this way. So why don't you guys take the technology and uh, instead of uh, us using the the, the money uh, for MapLink, we just get it to an arrangement to uh, buy our shares back and uh, make MapLink independent again. And then, of course, like again, like uh, this is the easy way to tell you. It took us like nine months. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, moments that we, we thought that we were uh, hitting in the wall and uh, without any solution. But uh, eventually, like, uh, we, we managed to, to get it in a, a good deal for everyone, right? So uh, for us, we, 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 we get the, gained the control of the company back and we immobily, at the end, uh, was able to provide to iFood the, the technology and the people especially that they need to, to move on with their projects. Over those nine months from start to finish, um, <clears throat> like how much time each week uh, were you spending on, you know, this? 90% of my time. No, okay. 90%. So I was completely away of uh, MapLink day-to-day operation. So everything that I was doing is making sure that the, the team that was deployed to uh, to join iFood because we transfer 50 people, right? So for MapLink, they, they used to be 50, uh, people that are working full-time employees of MapLink that would be transferred to iFood, around 50 people, not just in Brazil, uh, not just in Sao Paulo. We had people in Sao Paulo, people in Campinas, which is a city like a few kilometers away from Sao Paulo. And we had a team of uh, in, in, in France. So uh, so it was like a super complicated uh, thing to do. But uh, so I was uh, involved in like a guarantee that the, the, the culture would be aligned, uh, like uh, making sure making sure that uh, everything was uh, going smoothly as possible, and the other and the other things as uh, was together with my partners, talking with the lawyers because we had like a lot of lawyers involved. Like it was like a it was like a tough nine months. Like a, I think one one of the worst nine months or worst period in terms of uh, 
the job that I was doing because I was not helping Mapling to grow. I was not helping the, the business. I was just involved in making this deal happen because otherwise Mapling wouldn't be here, right? So the, to be like super honest, Mapling wouldn't be here if we, if we never get to this agreement. And and so the, the investors uh, originally invested 15 million to you. Did you have to return the 15 million and anything else like what was on top? So we, 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 the thing is like uh, at the end, like uh, as we, uh, so every year MapLink from, from, from when we start to operate with Mobile, we, we decide to make MapLink uh, uh, break even or even uh, losing some money in this, in this period, right? So we are not, so we, we decide to let's give, a, a, let's uh, not be profitable anymore instead of re- let's reinvest or, or bring more money from the investor to, uh, to, uh, to grow the business, right? So. Uh, the thing is that uh, it's, it's not that uh, how much money we had to pay them, but uh, so everything that we gave away or gave up in terms of like the product. So we 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 the the, the product that we 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 sold to iFood was what we are seeing the next twenty years for Maplink. So in our minds at that moment, that would be the Maplink of the future because we were would be like a, in a very innovative uh, segment in the time, like back in two thousand and eight, two thousand two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. So all of these. Uh, food delivery, like super fast delivery, was uh, like a, just the, in the beginning, especially in South America, Latin America. So here in, in the U.S., especially, they were a little bit more advanced. But uh, in Latin America, was that just the beginning? So Happy, Glovo, uh, iFood, all of Uber was uh, coming with Uber Eats. So all of these things were that are starting, about to start, and we were we were ready to be the platform, the logistics plat, the logistics platform for the, all of these. So. We gave uh, we gave up on this uh, to be able to uh, manage your own terms of uh, of uh, to to manage to, to get out of get out of the, the investor and uh, gain back the company. So it was not just the money involved; it was the, all of the, the people, the product, the the, the the investments we made in the in the project that uh, was uh, involved, and of course some liabilities, right? So uh, me and my partners in the, in the we we are, we put ourselves in a very a uh, uh, risky situation in terms of liability. So every, every single liability that you can imagine, they put on us. Like uh, and they and, uh, and they said like uh, it needs to be on the contract and it's going to be in under your name, Fred, and under in Wasir's name, and nobody else. That's uh, the only person. Two person. If you don't assign, then you're not you're not a, 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 a liable to all of these things. And it was not a little money. Uh, we are not moving on with the deal, and we just look at each other and say. Let's do it because we really believe that the company has a future, a brighter future uh, in our hands uh, and, and moving along than uh, with, uh, with the investors. And then we, we did that. What's the best decision in our life? What was uh, maybe the hardest or the most unexpected thing about uh, buying back, um, you, you know, or buying out the investors? I think like uh, to explain the, the, to the employees, right? So, uh, of course, they are like, uh, they, they, don't, they didn't know what was going on uh, in the closed, when we were like uh, 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 in closed doors in the meeting rooms with the, the investors, right? So, and they were like, uh, they, for them was like, uh, we have this very nice investor uh, with us. And suddenly we just come join the company. We asked the company for a meeting. I said, look, guys, we are we're going to be independent again. So it was like a lot of questions in terms of like, uh, how we, do you guys have the, enough money to pay our salaries? Like, uh, how are we going to survive? Or so how are we going to do it out without the, the external investment? So this is uh, one of the things, one of the things that was uh, a, a challenge, like uh, explaining to the, our, our uh, existing, uh, uh, for our employees. 
The other thing was said to the, with the customer base, like, again, it's like some of our customers, they were happy that we were like gaining independence again, because they were like feeling that they would have access to Fred, Moacir, and Alejandro again, because it was not a big corporation anymore. But I also like, well, guys, do you have enough resource to keep going in terms of product development, like new new features and things like that? So I think it's more like a, uh, uh, not as nothing like a really very serious, but it's more like a mental thing in terms of like a for even for both sides for the the customers and also for for the employees and of course ourselves. So like we were like very strong and very confident, but uh, we didn't know at the time if uh, everything that we were planning would uh, do, would go in the way that that uh, at the end uh, it did. Right. Reflecting on it now and looking back, do you regret taking VC money? No. Never. So it was like a, a, a fantastic decision. Again, the only thing that I would do differently was maybe more diligent on their side as well, right? So try to make sure that they understood what we what they were buying, right? So making sure that uh, guys, you know that we are not a, a, a B2C company that we have a limit in terms of growth. There's no way. So if you take us like six months to close a deal, there's no way that you can double, tripling the company every year. So that uh, would be the only thing that I would di- do differently, but uh, it was uh, the best decision we made at the time. And, uh, and, and, uh, and luckily we were like uh, 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 capable and not lucky enough on, on managing to buy back the company. Also in a very good moment for us in terms of the, the size of the company and uh, the maturity of the company. All right, we're going to move into the quick-ish fire round now, uh, Fred. So a few questions here. What one thing has moved the needle the most for you in your career? The international expansion. The, what I learned growing MapLink uh, outside of Brazil. So the thing is, like Brazil is a huge country, right? So I, I'm not sure if people have this, uh, that, but we are like a 200 million plus country. So it's, uh, if you, you, you can travel like uh, five hours and it's still inside of Brazil. Uh, for So if you go to, from south to the north, like it can take you six hours. Like It's a huge, huge country. So it's a completely divide. Like you, you live in Rio, people living in Sao Paulo. But if you go to the north, it's a different economy. So it's a it's a very complex uh, place to be and a lot of opportunities. So it's very easy for you to be spoiled and don't go abroad if you're doing uh, a good in Brazil. But uh, but the international expansion expansion of the business was for us was key in terms of and it's been for me was very very important. So I learned a lot on, on doing business with other culture with other languages. So, and, uh, and I was like uh, very much involved in thinking that when we decided, like, let's expand to Argentina, Chile, Mexico, Mexico and Chile uh, and Colombia. So I was having like uh, uh, meetings regularly, like uh, every week with each, uh, which sales person that we hire to understand what, uh, what's, what's going on, like uh, the feedbacks. And I think for two years, every single week I was meeting these guys. So it was like a very, very, uh, for me, it was, uh, it's uh, one of the best things that I'm going to take to my life. And I, I think that's why I'm here in Spain right now, right? So making sure that my kids will have this uh, uh, this international mentality since they were, because uh, this uh, international expansion gave me this, this uh, this is much more like a humble way to, to do business, right? So because it's different people, like they have different backgrounds. They have like different uh, 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 way to do business. Like if you go to Mexico and they do, they, they, uh, you, you don't expect to uh, have a, a yes as an answer uh, anytime soon because they're never going to give you a yes. Or if you go to Chile, they, if they say yes, you can just go to your hotel, open the bottle, bottle of the champagne because if they say yes in a meeting, it doesn't matter if they sign or not, it's a done deal. So 
this is those are very interesting things that I, I, I I'm certainly gonna uh, I'm taking with me uh, forever in a, in a was a, a, a the best thing that I could do be in front of this international expansion. What's the best advice you've ever received? Every contract is by design is made for failure, not for success. So when you sign a contract, if you're signing a paper, make sure that uh, it's if you're signing is because you have to be worried on everything that can be going go wrong, not go right. Because if it's everything is going right, why are you signing everything, right? So it's it's done. So that's something that we learned. Uh, like uh, we we have like a bad experience uh, in, uh, with some people that we hire and we sign uh, contracts like uh, thinking that everything would be like a honeymoon forever. Uh, even with our our investor, like a uh, few things that are that were in the in the contract uh, uh, made our life uh, much more complicated than it should. What's the hardest thing about internationalizing a company? The best is the, the, the same as which is the best is the best is the most difficult, which is the cultural difference, right? So making that like a, doing business with the different backgrounds and different people, it's always a challenge, right? Because you you always bring with you your upbringings, upbringings, your uh, uh, sense of values, and in the, in the, in other countries are different. They're not that different because they are better or or worse. It's just different, right? So you just have to. Keep that in mind. Like uh, that's why I, I, we always, when we decide to expand to a new country, we never send people from Brazil to operate the business. We always hire locally, because that's the only way you're gonna be, make sure that, that you're doing business the way they do, right? So of course you can bring your point of view, you can bring your, uh, your the culture of the company, the the direction you wanna go, but uh, always hiring the local people because they're gonna uh, help you to understand. The market because sometimes you go to a meeting and then they feel like they leave the meeting. Wow, it was amazing! No, it was a terrible meeting. This guy would never sign with us. So it happened. Like I, I thought that was fantastic. No, this guy was just bullshitting us all the time. That's the way they do business here, and that's it, right? So it's a it, it's a it's a very uh, uh, interesting thing. So the cultural thing of uh, being a, a working inter- is also very difficult in a, a process that you. If you want to do it, you have to really understand the culture and try to be uh, with them all the time, more, uh, a lot of time to understand how you're going to proceed. What's your favorite business book? So I am now really one that, that is in Portuguese, and uh, it's a very interesting name. The name in Portuguese is Você Aguenta Ser Feliz, which is uh, can, you, uh, can You Handle to Be Happy, which is uh, well, it's, uh, like a, it's a book that is, was written for a, a very uh, successful uh, uh, advertising guy, which is very famous, and, uh, and uh, a psychologist that is uh, it's, uh, only talking about like uh, successful people that are, uh, but in their redeem uh, are not happy. They have everything that they could possibly imagine to have, but they are like uh, they struggle to be happy, or they are like uh, going. Uh, not that that is my case, but it's a very interesting point of view. Like uh, seeing that uh, behind these very successful people, they are struggling. Uh, they can be struggling all the time. So, and I'm feeling, feeling very, very uh, interesting. I'm uh, very into this book now. Money doesn't buy you happiness, but it certainly helps. Uh, Absolutely, but uh, you have to, to to understand that how, how much money you need to be happy. Exactly. This is another thing that I'm learning in Spain, right? So people say that in Spain, like like they are the lowest salary in Europe and things like that, but they are much much happier than many other people that I know that are making much more money than them. Like uh, they they know how to live the life their pace and uh, valuing things that are important. And that's uh, what I'm learning here every day as well. Uh, any entrepreneurs that you admire uh, and why? 
I'm very fortunate to have like a family of entrepreneurs. So I, I have like a, I admire a lot of my parents, my father, my father that uh, I never heard about my father, uh, of my father working for someone else than himself. And uh, he was uh, not nothing very successful. Not that they were like built nothing uh, huge, but they are. He was always trying. And also my brothers, they are all self-made men. Like they built their own business. They they were even if they are not working for their own companies, they build their they are prof- their professional life in big companies. But they are very they were all very successful. But I so I'm very fortunate to have like uh, in, inside of my my family uh, surrounds like a. Uh, this uh, very uh, uh, successful uh, entrepreneur life uh, as a as a as a executive or as an entrepreneur, and uh, I'm I'm sure a lot of uh, with them. Like uh, I, if every time that I have a problem in uh, or something that I'm I'm knocking on the wall, uh, uh, it's easier if you have your brother to call or one of your brothers to call and ask uh, for advice or something like this. So I'm very fortunate on, on, on that in that sense. Very cool, very cool. Well, well Fred, we come to the end of the show. If people want to reach out to you. Uh, and talk more. Where can they find you online? So I'm uh, not very active on Twitter, but I'm there at Hohagen. If you want to find me there, and more, much more active, active in in on LinkedIn. So if you follow me there, please follow, and I will add you or add me on Fred at maplink.global, and I uh, will be happy to share experience. Uh, I'm now like uh, uh, connecting with more people here in Europe, uh, trying to build my network here. So I'm super open to talk and uh, discuss with anyone that. Uh, feel that any any of the things that I know uh, is valuable. Amazing. Well, Fred uh, Hohagen, uh, CEO of MapLink, thanks so much for joining the SaaS Revolution show today and, and sharing your story. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SASDOC conferences around the world. Want exclusive SAS content and actionable insights to grow your SAS? Join our community of over 36,000 SAS founders at sasdoc.com.